everybody and welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Sounds of Stadia podcast, episode number 154 of your weekly show where we round up all of the Stadia and cloud gaming news for your listening or viewing pleasure right here on youtube.com forward slash Games or up there in the digital clouds on your podcast preference of choice. We've got a great show lined up for you talking about brand new Assassin's Creed titles, Samsung bringing Stadia to the clouds with a native desktop PC monitor, a bunch of new games uh, announced and released and a couple of kickstarters that are just getting kickstarted but before we do get into all that don't forget to give the video a like subscribe and hit that bell so you're kept in the loop with all of the wonderful content we do here at Hades cloud games just like our first looks just like our live streams just like our playstation podcast talking the ps which goes up live tomorrow every tuesday on free feeds and podcast services alongside our weekly cloud quest show well, we go off the beaten path and talk a little bit more about a cloud gaming subject in particular. If you are one of the members of the channel, one of our wonderful Helix heroes, you get that up to six days early by clicking join below. Uh, we really appreciate everyone's support. Over 50 of you over there give you give us, in fact, our continued patronage, and we appreciate and love it. All the same, this show wouldn't happen without myself, Chris, and my lovely co-host joining me once again in the hot seat, the man of many pixels, not as hungover as we were yesterday, Mr. Ritchie. Yeah, yesterday was not a good day for me. <laughs> no. I, to be fair, I spent most of it asleep, so it wasn't too bad, but yeah. That's right, yes. We both uh, drank long into the early... Well, all three of us, Rob included, drank into the early hours of the night. And uh, yeah, we were a bit rough, so we didn't actually record on the day we said we were going to record. Um, yeah. So, Richie, you're not actually going to be on this week's Talking the PS because you've got other stuff in the way. But, yep. oh, yes, late one. Um, in, the, in the morning... Yeah, that run rule of don't mix your drinks that everybody always forgets. It, it's you. It's like we we'll just we we'll sat there having a nice beer and got shots. <laughs> yeah, there was jelly shots. Yeah, there we, was we had a lot of shots. Vodka, I had beer. I switched to wine halfway through the night. Yeah. So I deserved my uh, my hangover on on Saturday. But yeah. uh, thankfully, it's Monday for all you lovely folks watching and listening along. And as I said, we've got a fantastic show lined up with all the juicy stadium news. Uh, we do have quite a little bit of housekeeping though to run you through because there's some exciting things on the horizon in the world of video games. Uh, to kickstart things off, there will be no Thursday night live stream because we've got a jam-packed kind of early start to the weekend this coming week. So if you are watching it on Monday or later in the week... Uh, Friday, the 9th of September, is the Disney Marvel Showcase at 9 o'clock, uh, 9 p.m., I should be specific, uh, British Summertime. Uh, so we're going to jump in uh, and basically watch along with that. We're not too sure what game announcements we're going to get, but we know there's some teasers coming from a couple of titles we already know about. However, it is at the Disney D23 Expo, so we're expecting some big announcements, maybe some surprises. Um, not necessarily stadium news, we know that because we know what they're like with the logos. However, um, there will be some things on Showcase that hopefully will be coming down the pipeline. So do join us this Friday, 9pm British Summertime, to watch along with that. we love to see you all in the audience and in the chat. Uh, but then following that up, we know we're going to get some stadium news, Richie, on the Saturday. So that is Saturday the 10th of September, the day after, 8pm uh, on on the night, once again, British summertime, uh, in your local time zones, whatever they may be, uh, is the Ubisoft Forward, the long-awaited Ubisoft Forward, which we are actually going to talk about later in the show because we've got some predictions, some ideas, um, and some stadia-specific things to, to dig into. Um, that kicks off on Saturday the 10th, and uh, as with most Ubisoft things, Richie, we're probably going to see some decent stuff. They've kind of held their cards yeah. close to the chest for quite some time now. So we'll be there to watch along again. We'd love you to join us and see if we get any logos, any excitement and such. But the biggest news of it all, which we've been holding off and teasing for quite some time, is our third anniversary is on the horizon this month, the 30th of September, 3-0, 
is the third year anniversary of this wonderful channel, previously known, of course, as the Sounds of Stadia channel, now Helix Cloud Games. It has been for nearly a year. And uh, we'd love you to join us if we celebrate on the 1st of October. So don't get the dates confused. Our anniversary is on the 30th. However, it's a Friday, and we want to celebrate much, much longer. So we've bumped it to the Saturday. We're going to do a full day of streaming. If anyone's familiar with our celebration events, uh, we basically get together, we play games all day long. Uh, last year, we actually raised over a £1,000 um, for cancer charity uh, in in kind of like in line with our celebrations because we wanted to do something different. Um, this this year though we've got loads of prizes to give away. We've got Google Nest. We've probably got some play vouchers. We've got some we've got some merchandise. We're going to get ordered as well uh, alongside some uh, more surprises. So if you're a fan of the content we do here, if you're tuning for our live streams, our first looks, uh, do join us on the first of October. Uh, we're going to have some hopefully some guest appearances. Um, the drinks will flow, Richie. We won't maybe uh, mix them up as much Not as we heavy, did yeah. this past week. But we normally get something, uh, some drinks in, and we'll have uh, pizza, and we'll play along with you, the community. We've got some cool games to play. Uh, Stadia Scope will return, which is our Stadia puzzle quiz game where the audience get involved, and you have to guess a title that's on Stadia using zoomed-in fragments uh, from a from cover art or game artwork. Um, uh, you all seem to enjoy that there, so. Do like, do subscribe, do follow, and uh, keep it locked to all our social feeds to know when that information goes live. We'll get our schedule out ahead of time so you know what we're playing. And more importantly, if you've got any recommendations that you'd like to see us play uh, with you lovely uh, audience, community members out there, uh, let us know on the Discord. Uh, we've already flung a couple of questions in there, but uh, yeah, just reach out to us if there's something particular you want to see. Um, let us know. Let us know. Uh, anything I'm missing there, Richie, or is that pretty much... Uh- I think that's pretty much it, as far as I'm aware, at the moment. Fantastic. But as I said, we'll get some more details. And uh, I'm really excited to look at these Disney Marvel Showcase and Ubisoft Awards. It's kind of two days back-to-back of game announcements. And I love I love the Game Awards. I love watching along at Summer Game Fest and previously E3. Uh, just to kind of see what's on the horizon for video games. So, exciting times. Uh, but, as I said, we do have a great studio show lined up instead. So, let's not delay any longer. Let's jump into the juicy detail uh, with Richie introducing us to the... The super sexy special Stadia story segment, a.k.a. The, the news. news. That's right. Lots of news. Always news here on the show. After all, it would be a very short, short podcast if we didn't have the news segment. Uh, kicking things off, story number one of the week. Uh, Assassin's Creed, that's been rumoured for a long, long time. Um, Assassin's Creed Basim, we've been, I think we've been referring to on this show, Richie. That is the character from yeah. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, one of the um, antagonists in, involved in um, the story of uh, Ivor Eivor. And he's getting his own spell. So this was supposed to be DLC. It's now officially, it was leaked earlier on this week. So Ubisoft just thought, oh, you know what, forget it. Let's just embrace it. And they put out some key art across social media feeds. Uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage is the name of the game. Uh, it will feature, of course, the character Basim. And uh, we've got a bunch of details just to break down uh, into the actual gameplay so we know exactly what to, to expect that's different. Um, it's going to be returning to basics, which essentially I think means a return to the older style Assassin's Creed games where it's more linear-focused about stealth and assassinations. Uh, There is no levelling, so that RPG mechanic that's been so prevalent since Origins through Odyssey to Valhalla uh, is gone, so it's gone back to just you have your character. It's set in Baghdad, Iraq, uh, around 870 to 860 AD. It will start Basim, which we've knew for probably the longest of times, Um, the guy you just seen on screen there, ladies and gentlemen. It's got RPG elements uh, are going to be scaled back. Uh, there's no dialogue options, so it just sounds like, again, it's just a contained story. Uh, no multi- multiple protagonists, so you're going to play as just Basim. It doesn't seem like there's going to be a female male counterpart. 
Um, there will be visions of Loki from the Valhalla game, um, basically living his best life through Basim. Um, Eagle Vision is back, which I know some people will be absolutely thrilled for. Uh, I, for one, really struggled early days with Valhalla, not being able to scout out areas using my bird companion. Uh, that's the kind of way yeah. I used to tackle strongholds, and not having that ability was like, oh, damn it, that's the bit I enjoyed, methodically going around, tagging people, and then taking them down one by one. If yeah, with Valhalla, there was a lot more action focused rather than ste- mm-hmm. like stealth. This is where well, something like stealth, you do need to be able to plan out your route throughout a stronghold to take things down. Definitely. In, in Valhalla, they pretty much just wanted you to blow the war horn and charge in with your gang and, and take them all out. Whereas, yeah, that's that's not my traditional approach to Assassin's Creed. But either way, Richie, we've got some details. They did release some cover art, as I said. No doubt we're going to see a trailer and some footage and probably a release date um, this this coming Saturday at the Ubisoft Forward event that all the lovely viewers and listeners are going to join us for, of course. And uh, what does this do for you then? I know you enjoy Assassin's Creed Valhalla. You haven't played it um, since finishing the main campaign, so that was probably well over a year ago now. Are you feeling? Yeah. Have you feeling the urge to go back for a little bit of single player Basim action? I like. I actually do like the sound of this. From what we've been hearing, because this started off as DLC originally and it grew into its own game, so I'm guessing it's going to be a smaller experience. Mm-hmm. By taking out the RPG elements, I think it's going to be a bit more stripped back as well, which can sometimes be nice. Mm-hmm. I like a good open world RPG. I don't need every game to be an open world RPG though. Yeah, so. I, this is ticking a lot of boxes for me, actually. And I think one of the, some of the strongest things about Assassin's Creed is the story they're telling and that world-building they do. Mm-hmm. Where I always think some of the times the weakest things are the fact that they're trying to make it an open-world RPG and you get this massive area with kind of sometimes quite bland content yeah. that kind of, I find, sometimes helps detract from the story the story loses the momentum. So if they keep this a bit more focused, a bit tighter in terms of this narrative... Yeah. I've got a feeling this might also be a bridge between like what we're dealing with, almost like the classic era Assassin's Creed with, from like Origins to starting of the Assassins, like all the way up to like Valhalla and the original Assassin's Creed where mm. the Assassins and Templars were established in their own right. I wonder if this might be the bridge between them. Well, almost. yeah, obviously going back to the Middle East as well, Baghdad, we've not been there since the original as far as I'm aware. We've, we've pretty much uh, country hopped all over the planet. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we are returning, of course, Basim within Valhalla. Um, he's got his ties to Baghdad and such in the original order. And that's kind of why you, you suspect him and don't trust him as much early doors in Valhalla. Um, but you never actually go there. You just hear his, he has an envoys visit him and kind of tell him about updates from across Europe. And yeah, you're right. Assassin's Creed spanned that much. And we know the story with Cassandra. And there's some kind of like... It, there's now a connection throughout all of these games uh, through Cassandra... Um, if you, if anyone's finished Odyssey, obviously several years old now, so no spoilers there. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. And of course, the last game that comes to mind when I think about DLC that was spun off into a main game, we got Uncharted Lost Legacy. So that's a phenomenal game. So And again, yeah. nice and short and, and compact. So if this is about 8 to this. 10 hours, I'm down for that. That's awesome. Yeah, keep keep it nice and linear. Keep keep it like nice and tight in the narrative so you don't need a lot of stuff dragging you away. And I wonder if this could be like the founding of like the assassins, the order of assassins that we know from Assassin's Creed One, is still quite different from the assassins that we've been playing through in Odyssey to Valhalla. Mm-hmm. Like they're still referred to just as the hidden ones. They don't like it. Doesn't feel like it feels like it's getting towards like this very yeah, it's reaching that crossover, kind of crossover yeah. timeline thing. 
So, like, and at Batman, when he first turns up, he's in the full Assassin regalia. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, the outfit's almost there. It feels like, it's like this yeah. might just... Yeah. It was a nod to it, wasn't it, in the game? You're like, I yeah. know what you're wearing. You're pretty much look, you're dressed like Altair was from the original one. Yeah, that's it. Like, that's why I'm wondering, they, is this going to be, like, at the end of this game, the Assassin, like, the Order of Assassins, as you once knew it, back all the way in the first game, that's what we're going to be left with. Exactly. And then sets you up nicely for an Assassin's Creed 1 remake as well. Well, that, that was going to move us on to the next question. So with the Ubisoft 4 being on the horizon this weekend, uh, we could kind of throw out some predictions, and we know they're going to go heavy on Assassin's Creed uh, with the Bassin one. Uh, with Sorry, Mirage. I can start calling it Assassin's Creed Mirage now, not just keep calling yeah. it the Assassin's Creed Bassim. And uh, do you suspect that we also see an announcement for a remake of the first one? It's the only Assassin's Creed game, discounting spin-offs and handheld versions, that hasn't had a, an update. With the last, the nearest we got was the Ezio trilogy, which we know just just cut off just before the original entry. So it could probably do with some mechanical upgrades. And I think um, if you remember a few weeks back, there was some. It was for the Assassin's Creed 15 year anniversary. There was loads of like kind of artwork that was put out. And everyone referenced the artwork for Assassin's Creed One. It it looked too clean and sharp to be from the original game, which suspected it might have been pulled from a remaster. Yeah, um, I don't know because there's still Assassin's Creed Infinity in the works. Mm-hmm. We've got ba- we've got um, Mirage coming up. You're going to say Basim? Ubis- then. <laughs> I was going to say Basim. We've got a couple of other games as well from Ubisoft. Like I, I'd expect to see that. I think we're going to see a bit more Skull and Bones because that's yep, right round the corner yep. now. Rise of Republic's always a potential for these sort Season of things. Pass, yeah. yeah, like this Avatar, like Pandora as well, that could show, show up. We've got things like Oddballers and the Settlers. Yeah. And like, there's still that room with Star Wars game. So there's quite a lot, but I think... I don't know whether a remake of Assassin's Creed 1 might be part of Infinity. Yeah, like to kickstart that world. Of, so, again, the world of connected... Things that that I think it's going to be anyway. Yeah. Um, Ubisoft do love a good packing though. So any chance that Mirage comes with Assassin's Creed One, if you buy like a content pass, or maybe the remaster will come with Mirage included. And I know this is leaked, but maybe Mirage is actually attached to the remake, and it ties in, as we were saying, with Baghdad and Altair and something like that in the Middle East. I don't know because if if Mirage is coming out spring next year, which is rumored to be to be the case. Mm-hmm. then I think that we'd need to see a bit more of a remake of one in terms of the show, showing, because then I, don't, I wouldn't expect a remake of one to come out spring next year. Mm-hmm. No, that get, feels like that. a bit too a bit too close. Maybe later in the year, potentially. Mm-hmm. So you might get a reveal, but it, I think it might just be a case of, if we see anything from a remake of one, I think it will just be a case of, we're doing it. We're doing like, it. Here's your title card, a quick shot, nothing of any real substance yet. Yeah, because that's the odd thing at the moment is now uh, Assassin's Creed isn't like kind of cycled annually and it hasn't been for some time, thankfully. We have these kind of breaks where my brain is almost expecting an Assassin's Creed game to come out as we head into winter, and we don't yeah. have one. So yeah, getting one in the spring, which is usually the kind of um, the time we get other entries, it's, a, it's an odd one. But yeah, Ubisoft forward then, Richie. Uh, we're obviously going to see Assassin's Creed Mirage. Um, what yeah. else is on is on your Ubisoft predictions doc for for this coming Saturday then? Um, I've already mentioned a couple of the big ones. I think I definitely think Skull and Bones will have a final trailer drop. Mm-hmm. It, I think it just needs one more push that game. Um, yeah. Rise of Republic again. I think something like that. 
could be or any of the like ongoing games and service stuff you'll probably they'll probably be there yeah they should with, be used like, as a new season pass yeah for me like, yeah when yeah you've like, got that kill time between big announcements like drop in some yeah. oh riders republic season pass is coming oh guess what rainbow six extraction that that's a thing that exists still uh that's getting like a new alien drop or some new skins but yeah don't use it as like tentpole yeah but it can definitely be kind of filler whereas i think if it was a jeff Cady thing it would be an advert for Red Shadow Legends, as you and Rob love so much, but I think because it's con- a contained Ubisoft show, that's probably going to run for about, I'm guessing, about half an hour or so, half an hour to an hour, um, not too long. Yeah. Um, for me, one of the big titles I think we might see a tease of is that the Far Cry iterations we do get. So we know they like to take the map of the the main entry, reskin it, and then yeah. drop some new content. So all of the Far Cry Six DLC is out now. So there is nothing that team is kind of currently working on or polishing off, which makes me think this that means they've pivoted over to working on this. So I think we'll see a Far Cry 6 reiteration, whatever that may look. So like we had New Dawn, we had Primal, um, uh, Blood Dragon originally from 3. So it, the time yeah, is probably it, right. It's one where they kind of flex the creativity and go a bit silly with it, don't they? Go do something completely different. Do what you They're want. kind of map reskins like that. I really don't know what to say. Maybe like very futuristic. Like yeah, I was thinking cyberpunk as well, just because yeah, of, I, that's my my brain was going because they'll have had this in the works obviously for several years, and it was probably in that era when cyberpunk was going crazy, everything. But they've obviously had to hold off because they needed to get the main game out. Um, but yeah, I think we'll see something like that. I'm trying to think of franchise we've not seen in a while. We had uh, Rayman Legends. I think had an anniversary this past year, maybe like a nine-year anniversary, which makes me think, like, how have Ubisoft not put out a new Rayman entry in so, so long? So I think maybe like a little indie team's been working on something like that. It, it depends, Ubisoft. Like, I don't think they're in a great place in terms of what they're trying to do with the company at the moment, and mm-hmm. the rumours that they're trying to get set themselves up to be sold, so they might be just like folks somewhere... I, they've been focusing purely on the profit, like what games are more profitable, and while Rayman is well-loved... Mm. does it sell as well as like an Assassin's Creed game or anything with Tom Clancy in front of it? Yeah, well, I think this is what they're probably angling for. They've, they're going to have to have a turning point. They can't just keep putting out bad games. I mean, we say bad games. I personally... Bad. Enjoy- yeah, I like, I know you, you always quote and say like Ubisoft games are guaranteed to come out like a 7 or 8, but they're never really yeah. shooting for the 9s and 10s. That's just not their wheelhouse. It's copy and paste, open world, games as a service, monetize with Ubicoins or whatever they're called to some point. And yeah, they've kind of lost their way a little bit, but part of me thinks like they still have obviously amazing teams of developers and stuff and talents. They just need to maybe have it like re-honed in on something. It just it need to start, for me, they just need to make start doing games where it doesn't feel like it's just come off a production line. Like let, let your de- devs loose with their creativity a bit more. Hmm. Uh, we know, do, we do know something that is not a Far Cry or Assassin's Creed, something... A new IP. Like, we've we got say, like X-Defiant stuff as well that's still, yeah that's still part of me yet. still thinks X-Defiant's going to get cancelled you know I know it, I know it avoided yeah. being took out the back and shot in the head at the last string of cancellations when they stripped back on a couple of them I know they got rid of the Tom Clancy branding so it is now just X-Defiant I just don't see that game going anywhere so I mean you'd like to think we'll see it I'm not too yeah. sure um, what else have they got what else have they got let's think these, again, I mentioned they, they are apparently working on a Star Wars game. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll see a trailer for that. Um, it's it's from the Division I, team. And because we've got Ubisoft forward in the the Disney Marvel um, thing, very, very close together, I think it could be at both. 
Yes, I think we actually discussed this. I think was it on last week's show? Well, I think it was when the Disney Marvel thing got announced. We said like, who has the who has the power in putting trailers out? Yeah. Because if Disney go to Ubisoft and go, let's see what you got. We want it for D twenty three, and Ubisoft replied, going, oh, we actually have our own conference like the next day. And Disney go, yeah, but we're going to use it. Then, then Ubisoft have to play a ball, right? Because it's not their IP. It's possible, like the Ubisoft conference is on the Saturday mm. because of the Disney ones on the Friday. You think like a double hit of it's at the yeah. Disney one, here's the announcement, and then Ubisoft follow up with more gameplay or detail or something. Yeah, do a double whammy of it. Like that could work. And if if we're like what we're writing, saying like Disney like hold the cards for first reveals at our showcase because mm-hmm. this is Disney Marvel's first like game showcase, yeah. so they want this to be a hit right off the bat. So you want to hold as many cards as you can for it, and then. Tune in tomorrow for Ubisoft um, to find yeah. out more. Check out more. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. that could work. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if Ubisoft are working on another... Actually, I say that. They are. Avatar. Avatar from... I keep forgetting Avatar's Disney now yeah, because yeah. it was acquired through the Fox merger. But yeah, they, they're also working on Avatar, which was due out this winter, which got pushed back to next year. So I think we might... I know you were saying Skull and Bones might see something. I do yeah, again, it's think, another yeah. one where I think it's ready for its last. Would have been would have been ready for its last push if it wasn't mm-hmm. delayed. Yeah, but they might just go ahead with it anyway. Because why well, not? Yeah, if you you're probably working on the trailers or what of this conference for like quite a while, probably before the game got delayed. Mm-hmm. So just go with it. Like indeed, um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a crew three. It seems yeah, kind of like time. ready for it. Yeah, we've had a few years. I know the crew two is beloved by many, uh, and it's kind of unique to Ubisoft. They don't do that many like outside of the Trials games, which are kind of like two D. They're not the real race, racing simulator as you'd expect. It's been a while, and yeah. it's quite beloved. So Crew Three seems one, about right. The one thing I'd love to see them do is come out with a new IP and really try and wow us with it. Like Skull and Bones. Not like it's it not. Yeah, not like an iteration on like where X Defiant just looks like a Call of Duty clone. Mm-hmm. You've got they've tried with things like oh Hyperscape, which was just like effectively a Fortnite yeah, Overwatch yeah. clone, and Assassin's Creed and Far Cry fairly formulaic in their own rights. Something new, something that you go, oh, this is different. Yeah, it's crazy to think that like Ubisoft are just trying. To... So Activision have Call of Duty. EA yeah. have like the sports games like FIFA and Apex Legends was a fantastic win for EA. Ubisoft are the kind of Ubisoft and the Embrace Group are the only kind of third party players in the market that don't have their like constant moneymaker. We know Valhalla made yeah. over a billion, but it is still single player, so you've not got that concurrent player base that's just jumping in, spending money, spending money. And I think Ubisoft are just throwing anything at the wall for these last few years. They're like, "Oh yeah, yeah. X Defiant, that'll but, work. Hyperscape will work. Uh, throw Tom Clancy's name on it. That'll get that'll boost the numbers." And I think they're still waiting for that win that just gives them that pride of place on the mantelpiece of we're making yeah. money without even having to try. But the problem is, I think they're just too reactive with this stuff. They're mm. kind of like every time they bring out this new like games as a service style game, you can go, "Oh, this is like Ubisoft's version of this game that already exists yeah, and is unique. already very popular." And so it doesn't like, and when yeah, as I say, I think Ubisoft games always come out as a seven or eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. Well, if say if you're a big say Fortnite fan, that's arguably a ten out of ten game, like with how strong it is, yeah. whether you like it or not. So why would you switch over to something that you expect to be lesser? Yeah. This is so they need to. I think they need to get ahead of the curve. Yeah, Pro- predict what the next big thing is going to be and be the first one out the gate. Exactly, proactive, not rather reactive. than just rather than just copying what already exists with your like 
slight stylation I to it. I completely agree. Uh, but I am a big fan of Ubisoft. Uh, I enjoy a lot of the games they put out. So anything that they showcase, I'm looking forward to. And more importantly, as a Stadia podcast, it's news for us to cover because you'd like to think <laughs> yeah. everything on display... Bar maybe um, Rock Band or whatever it was. Rock Band Plus, I think, had its beta launch on PC this past week. Yeah. That's the only thing I think that will not come to Stadia. Um, but we shall see. Hopefully we'll get plenty of logos. So we'll sit here and record next week. Uh, we should probably record on the Sunday next week, actually, now I'm thinking. Because we're going to have all the Ubisoft announcements on the Saturday night. And we'll miss a big chunk of news. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk about next we'll week. Because we'll have to that. try and fit everything in. <laughs> like... Of course, of course. Um Behind the scenes, there, folks. Um, so, moving things on, though, uh, the Disney Marvel thing we've we've kind of covered it on other shows already. The, the The cards are so close to the chest in this; it could be anything, really, with Disney Marvel. Uh, I'd like to think they're going to bring some new things, but who knows? Who knows? It might just be more uh, more Marvel's Avengers from Square Enix, just getting finally getting a roadmap. Well, there's a handful of like titles that like we haven't actually seen a lot of, or are rumored like. Jedi, Jedi Survivor. We actually haven't seen a lot of. Well, EA haven't done a, a show this year. Like twenty twenty two has gone the whole year almost. Like we're in we're in September now, and EA haven't actually put out anything uh, of merit. We haven't even seen any FIFA stuff really, and that comes out this month. Yeah. So I don't think FIFA really. Oh, it doesn't. But I'm saying they usually like, they usually yeah. do because they have the summer event at E three traditionally. They would have like two hours worth of content, and we just haven't. So. Um, yeah, would wouldn't be surprised. Jedi survived for a little bit more. Uh, what do you Midnight think about Suns? Yeah, yeah, Eclipse. Midnight Suns. I think is already confirmed. Lego Star Wars is already confirmed to have, I guess, DLC there, but yeah. nothing well, that Sp- big. Sp- yeah, the Spider Man Two Wolverine. They've both been announced, but we haven't seen much of. Yeah, I think they belong. It might, to it might be a bit early. It might be mm. a bit early, but um, we've got um, what else is the Amy Hennig's game. Yeah, what? Amy Hennig's Marvel ensemble game. Uh, that's probably going to be the Man big Black one. Black Panther leaks that we had like the other month. Yeah, so the, the, it, find... it has potential. This stuff, to there's have a lot plenty. of potential stuff there, and the fact that they're doing a showcase mm. suggests I think some of the stuff that we think might be there will be there. Yeah, hopefully, there's going to be some other like probably smaller stuff as well. I'd imagine Disney Princess Smash Bros clone. Pick your, your favourite princess from the Disney <laughs> universe and fight off. Let us know in the comments what Disney princess you want to play in the Smash clone. Who would be the best one? I feel like um, the one from Brave, uh, Merida, Meredith, I think she has an advantage because she yeah. actually has a, a bow. Like she, she is a warrior yeah. from Scotland. Um, but we digress. Uh, let yeah, us know. Like, I mean, Elsa's an ice queen. That is true. She does have magic. I mean, they all probably have some powers to some degree. Yeah, Little Mermaid can kind of summon... Fish and octopuses to attack people. Either way, Sleeping Beauty just just sleeps. She just sleeps. That's <laughs> yeah. it. She's like Snorlax from Pokemon. She just goes to sleep in the yeah. corner and out outlasts the rest of them through. Sleeping uh, Be- Beauty used Snor. It was super effective. <laughs> it could be puts them all to sleep. Uh, but we digress, folks. Let us know in the comments below what you would like to see this coming weekend uh, from either Ubisoft or Disney Marvel showcase at D23. Uh, it's going to be a fun, fun weekend of announcements. And again, just to, to drive home the message, join us. Do join us on the Friday and the Saturday as we watch long react uh, and keep our eyes peeled for those stadia logos out there you won't need to go much further for stadia logos on story number two of the week richie because legacy games you may be familiar with legacy games they ported some other titles over to stadia in the last few months uh, some of in fact went to pro um this week they put out a tweet talking about titles as kind of like a, not an earnings report but it was just like an update on the website uh, of recent titles and under the stadia category they had adam wolf which we know about we had city Legends, 
the case of the something the the actual cover art um not great for this one it's actually hard to see what it's called case of the crimson shadow case of the crimson shadow and the crimson shadow is hidden within the crimson wording um, but yes, on the website they put Stadia, one place for all the ways we play. Alongside talented porting teams, Legacy Games brings the best casual games to the cloud streaming uh, via Google Stadia. Upon release, new games enter the Stadia Pro subscription program and remain there for six months. So it actually sounds like all these games are going into Pro. The, w- the way this reads on the website, it's just it literally is describing Stadia as a port and then straight into Pro for six months. Um, yeah, which right. which seems fitting because two of the titles we've just mentioned are already live. It says on the website you can see they're live. Uh, however, there are two which we didn't know about until this week. So if you look at the website, they have uh, Twin Minds. Twin Minds has also been announced, which, uh, again, all of these games are... Would you say point-and-click? Yeah, point-and-click adventure games. Point-and-click like. adventure games. So, yes, Legacy Games put out a uh, shout-out to Ninja Guy X as well um, for, for spotting this one over on there. Uh, I was actually thinking to Death Alive via Ninja Guy for me. Uh, yeah, Legacy Publishing tweeted out about it. Um, not much more to say about these ones. Uh, Richie, get up the Steam thing for Twin Mind, and I'll get up looking looking for aliens, is it? I did get them up, and then I forgot to put them in the dock. Uh, looking for aliens is the second game that was announced from these ones. Steam community looking for aliens. Why can't I find it? Big fish um, games. Keep in mind, the Power of Love Collector's Edition on Steam is currently £5.75 on sale. Oh, well, it has um, probably gone straight into pro. Released in October 2021. Oh, so it's quite recent then. Yeah. Quite recent. And it's not really... When a young woman is kidnapped from a public place in the middle of the day with no witnesses, the only detectives that can pick up a trail are Randall and Elena... The twin detectives who bring a unique approach to every case. Randall is a forensics expert who uses science and logic, while Elena uses intuition and arcane mysticism to find the clues. Wow, what a combination. Yeah. But this time, even their combined specialities might not be enough. They'll need your help and and skills to make sure the mystery isn't their last. Gather your wits for an unforgettable detective story in this pulse-pounding new hidden object puzzle adventure. Okay, so there you go. It's a hidden object puzzle adventure game. Um, is this one out on mobile? Do we think? Yes, it, it seems. Yeah, it yeah. seems like. Seems when like. I was go- when I just Google it, like the first thing was the Play Store entry. Fair enough. And uh, as I mentioned, the second entry from them is also from Big Fish. This one's another hidden object game. Uh, Looking for Aliens is a hidden object game that lets you see the world through an alien TV show. Hunt for items in twenty-five vibrant and detailed locations, including Area Fifty-One, the Dream World and outer space. Uh, meet charming galactic TV hosts and an earthling called Sean. Uh, oops, that should be Sean. Um, it's spelled with a Z on the on the readout thing. Uh, find anything that helps Sean to prove the existence of life and return to Earth. So, this one, artistically, has me more intrigued. I think this one's got a bit more of a, of a kind of up-my-street up kind of vibe to it. Still point and click, uh, which I'm guessing is going to come with touch input. We know Adam Wolf and the Crimson Curse Shadow what, Masquerade, whatever it was called, uh, yeah. also has touch input control. So I think these ones will probably drop with it as well. No doubt we can kind of put these in the potential pro game bracket based on the website, Richie. I mean, their tweet pretty much straight up says that they'll go to pro for six months. Go to pro for six months. Interesting. <laughs> um, so many games. These guys do so many. Again, I guess the turnaround time for these type of titles isn't too long it's basically a static image with 
I don't want to say PowerPoint animations, but that's yeah. the only way I can explain some of the animation style. You click on something, it brings something up, like a fade in, a, a Dropbox thing. Um, yeah. It's a... Which of these two do it for you? Looking for aliens or the other one? Twin Minds. Honestly, I probably have no intention of playing either, but I'd lean towards looking for aliens. Exactly the same. I think uh, we had a conversation about this a while back. It's like, I don't mind these games coming on the platform. However, yeah. I also expect them in tandem with bigger entries. Like we got Saints Row, That's we get it. this. We got we're getting FIFA twenty three. We get looking for aliens. It fills as a gap. As I can tell, without playing these games, um, they they're fine. They're perfectly good, decent mobile games coming over to Stadia. They don't seem to be full of like some of the stuff you associate with mobile games, like weird gotcha mechanics and stuff like that. They just feel like, we've made some smaller titles, we'll put them on mobiles, and now we're bringing them over to a console-like platform. That is true. So if that so, doesn't yeah. do it for you, Richie, what about Jojo Siwa Worldwide Party? Absolutely, 100% in. I thought Big I knew, I knew you would be. Uh, over on uh, next story of the week, over on Outright Games, of course, massive uh, supporters of family titles over on the platform. Uh, they listed as coming soon. Stadia being the top one gets top billing on their website. Uh, you're invited to JoJo Siwa's worldwide party. Lace up, Richie, lace up your high top shoes and run through JoJo's world, listening uh, along to her biggest hits, including Dream, Bop, and Nonstop. Complete levels as JoJo uh, to perform special dance routines. Can you match the rhythm and make the crowd go wild? Um, there isn't actually a trailer for this one, but it does say run, jump, and unlock awesome vehicles, including spaceships, even a roller coaster cart, in it amongst other things. Uh, coming soon. I don't know what Jojo Siwa is, but I'm guessing it's it's a Nickelodeon show, which basically, in my mind, it's kind of the Hannah Montana thing where the next, it's yeah, the young the young teenage young, yeah young teenage actress uh, his spiritual successor yeah young teenage actress I guess who sings and dances and also has probably a, a, a really poorly written comedy sketch show thing on Nickelodeon uh, with lots of canned laughter and then no doubt she'll go on to be an absolute celebrity. And she'll be worth millions, and she'll be up on stage performing for the next decade. Um, so it's got official JoJo songs, rhythmic runner, uh, and perform on stage. So it seems like it's got a mix of kind of guitar hero rhythm things mixed in with um, other kind of small small games playing as JoJo. So don't know when that one's going to release. Uh, we do know outright, of course, doing it for the family, doing it for the kids uh, out there, but no trailer yet. Uh, of course, re- realistically, Richie, this isn't for us. This is aimed at uh, no. Like- Probably. She's got 12.2 million subscribers on YouTube. Is she a real person? Yeah. Right, okay. So, I've just been reading her thing. I think she started off in like some dance competitions and then took off from there. Well, congratulations. Is that a real name, Jojo Siwa? Um, of course. Because when I, I'll be honest, when it's, I first read the story, I thought it was Jojo Rabbit, the Taika Waititi movie. When I first saw yeah. Jojo, I was like, oh. Joel Juan Siwa is her actual full name. So cool, name. Shot. cool name. Yeah. Um, either way, pivoting away uh, from the world of Giorgio Siwa to the seedy world of uh, Mafia, Richie. That's right, I'll Mafia. Let you, I'll let you have your rant. <sighs> <laughs> I'm going to sit back. Mafia 4, Hangar 13 confirmed uh, that there is no surprise they're underway working on a Mafia 4 entry, the next Mafia 4, uh, celebrating uh, 20 years funnily enough, of the game not being on stage yet. No, no, I'm joking, their anniversary. Um, This past week, it was reported earlier on the year that there was a fresh Mafia game in development. However, obviously, Hangar 13, they went through a couple of layoffs, I think, and the studio 
they weren't too happy with the release and stuff. A lot of their fans weren't too happy with it not coming to stadia just yet. And uh, what basically happened, Richie, is they're finally knuckled down and it's been reported and it's been probably confirmed that, yes, they are, in fact, working on a fourth entry. Don't really know what this one's going to entail, what it's going to look at. It might have a time jump. Who really knows? But very early doors uh, for information. Of course, I would traditionally say this game might come to stadia. However, we know our history... And uh, I'll give you the update. Where are we at? Where are we at? Um, of course, we're in September now, Richie. So we're almost yep. coming up on two whole years since it was uh, it released on other consoles. Um, Mafia Definitive Edition released 25th of September 2020 on other platforms, which was 709 days ago. It was yeah. teased on Twitter by Hangar13 and 2K. 844 days ago on May 13th, 2020. So to give it a, a wider context of time, Richie, Stadia has existed to the public for 1,020 days. This was teased 844 days ago as coming to the platform. So in the scope of Stadia's lifespan, this game has been teased more than Stadia has existed in terms of the time between. You know when they do that? The time between the dinosaurs and the Romans is the same as whatever in Jesus and yeah. all that kind of stuff. <sighs> do, do we see Mafia 4 before we see the definitive edition? No. No. I, I've, I've no faith this game's coming. I've no faith the definitive edition's coming. Like, Do, do we think they're in, we're in this weird place where like, I, I genuinely think 2K are just like done with Stadia for now? There might be. Uh, because I feel like again, just... I don't, Stadia hasn't taken off in the way they're probably expecting it to, and I wonder if the thing like the definitive edition is kind of done, but then they got maybe got caught up in the ratings ball because no one's interested from two Ks and to get it through, it's just sat there hmm. in limbo. Like, well, what's at least what's quite refreshing to see is since the anniversary, the they've actually been tweeting out again. So I think I so I tweet at Hangar Thirteen. Uh, it seems to be like an ongoing, long-running joke now about where the Mafia Definitive Edition is. Like, oh, I'm always like polite with it. I always just tag them 2K yeah. and 2K support and stuff and just say, like, look, it's been this long. Could we get an update on the game? Because you put out Mafia 3, I, like, my interest was in the first one. I've never played a Mafia game. Obviously, I've, I've dabbled in Mafia 3 on our... Funnily enough, last year's celebration, I think it was, Richie. Um, yeah. I checked out Mafia 3. So a year ago we got that one, which is crazy to say out loud. A year ago we got to start, start. I, I wanted to story. start the start. Yeah, I wanted to enjoy the story with the most definitive edition set up. Um, but yeah, I think uh, a few months ago I tweeted out saying Hangar 13 hadn't tweeted for like over a year and a half or something. So that was concerning. And then they had layoffs. So obviously there's, there's trouble in the waters over at Hangar 13, or there seemingly is. And now they've started, like, obviously someone's maybe forgot got the login again to the Twitter account and they're now tweeting out about the anniversary and the Mafia collections. And I think they were going through some internal stuff because I think they had a few projects canned and stuff as well. Yeah, well... Uh, I think it might just be in a case of let's sort of internal stuff out, then we'll step back up. Mm-hmm. Seems yeah, to be was... like, what they're doing now, we're, oh yeah, we're back working on the game. It's another Mafia game. Yeah, well, okay. they are currently hiring for a new game. Um, so what I would say then is anything you expect from a, a Mafia game this time? Like, what would you do with the full... Having not played, obviously, the originals yet, but we know what it does. We know It's basically like L.A. Noir meets Grand Theft Auto, essentially. Yeah. Where would you want them to go with a fourth entry? Fully next-gen? Um, 
what do you what would you expect to see? Oh, yeah, I, I think if you bring out a game now, well, if you're developing a game now, it, it should be just next gen only. Forget about PS4, P- Xbox Series, um, <laughs> and Stadia. X. Um, yeah. Xbox One, sorry, not series. Xbox One, PS4. Forget about them; they're done. It's time. It's time. I think it is time to to move on yeah, to focus agreed. on like PS5, Xbox Series Series X, S, um, think, and the cloud platforms. That's what the industry should be looking at going forward. I think that was my door. So I'll be back in just a sec. Hey, boys and girls, you here with me? Richie's gone to get his Amazon delivery or his food for the week, whatever he's getting delivered. Um, I'm here to tell you that Mafia still isn't on Stadia. It's now been over 700 days. Uh, usually I'd cut this part out of the show, but it's it's quite rare that you just get left with me. So don't forget to give the video a like, subscribe, hit that bell so you're kept in the loop with all of my weekly rantings about how this game still isn't available and the developers don't talk to us. The Stadia team don't acknowledge it. Um, I don't even know if it exists at this particular point in time. But here we are, still talking about Mafia One and Two and Richie's return. That was quick. Yeah, I was just a delivery. Just went ran downstairs, got it, closed the door. Back up. Did, did the guy say hello? Because when I used to get food deliveries, yeah, yeah. they just used to leave it on the doorstep and, and walk away. Because obviously it's, it's oh, perishable it's, um, items, so they they can't take them back to the depot. So if you're yeah. not in, they don't give a shit. They just leave it anyway. So. Well, it's like DPD or someone who delivers it and it's just like just a normal courier. Normal courier. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what I would like to be delivered, Richie. Mafia yeah. Definitive Edition. Get your head out your ass, please, and yeah. deliver this game finally. Because, my word, the, the, the 20s will be over by the time this game is out. We will no longer be in the 2020s. We'll have moved on to another decade and we'll be in the 30s. You could set... You could set it in the, the next game in the 20s and call it vintage. Yeah, I mean, you could at this point. Um, one thing I would like them to do, actually, because they've kind of, with every iteration of the game, they have leapfrog gener- uh, decades, so it's gone like 30s, 40s, 50s, I yeah. think, was the last one. I'd love them to just fast forward ahead to kind of like the 80s and like yeah. do do a, basically knock off Vice City, like set us in Miami Vice Mafia kind of shit, drug deal and everything going down like that. Give us some bright neon because I think all the mafia games have been quite dark and dingy for the most part. Yeah, give me give me that kind of like behind the scenes seedy underworld in a like a bright vibrant neon kind of take on mafia. Like I think with the fourth entry of the game, you've got to do something different. You can't just do another iteration of the same like brown and and kind of like black dingy. You know, I don't mean dingy. You know, like they've got that art style to them. That like that sepia yeah. tone art style that puts them in a time and place. I think they need to break away from that. Otherwise, it's just going to be another entry in the Mafia series that's double A standard, and nobody. It doesn't. It win is that fine. Much. It is a cult, yeah. cult following of it, but then it, like, oh, there's new Mafia coming out. Cool. Yeah, it needs to be. I think. Yeah, I'd like to see it be a bit more than that. Yeah, like completely. But we don't think it'll yeah. make it to Stadia anytime soon. So no. Fingers crossed. Hangar thirteen. If you're watching, if you're listening, I'll tweet at you. Don't think I forgot. I'll keep I'll keep ringing this bell until justice is done on the platform. I don't know what actually works me up so much. I think it is because they announced it and then they it's been so so long. Yeah, and neither take two, Hangar Thirteen or Stadia seem to give a damn. No, um, for anyone in the comments, I'm well aware that it's a porting studio that did the other one, so I always forget their name. But I know some people retag them in my tweets and say like, oh, also, porting studio, are you doing this? Like, what's happening? Did the porting studio lose the contract? Um, we don't know because nobody talks and tells us anything. But either way, we'll keep ringing that bell and uh, maybe by year three, we'll get it. What a birthday present for Stadia's third anniversary it could be. But uh, 
we digress. We digress. Uh, moving on to things that are probably definitely most likely going to be out before all of that, and that is some Samsung gaming monitors. So, Richie, we did a whole episode of CloudQuest mm-hmm. talking about um, Samsung's new range of smart monitors. So not TVs, monitors uh, that come with built-in cloud gaming, courtesy of the Samsung Gaming Hub. Uh, and this past week was no different. Uh, we got the Odyssey Arc was announced prior, which I think we discussed on last week's show. Um, now there's a whole range that was on display at Gamescom of uh, different models so there's a samsung 34 inch uh, odyssey oled g8 and um, there's a g5 i want to say um but essentially these things are gorgeous and i think the biggest thing we, we talked about on cloud quest was the fact that they come with built-in cloud gaming so stadia uh, amazon luna utomic xbox cloud gaming no doubt probably playstation plus at some point down the line when they get to it this one looks gorgeous, Richie. What are your thoughts on the Odyssey G8? I think it looks like a fantastic gaming monitor. Um, I'm not sure. I actually posted a question into the Reddit um, to kind of gauge see what people thought. And like, most people kind of came the same thing. Like, it looks a gorgeous thing. They definitely, if they were in the market for that, for like a really good OLED um, PC monitor, they consider it. They wouldn't buy it purely for Stadia. I I almost think that the gaming hood stuff might be worked better in a more budget line monitor. Mm. I kind of think of like if you go to university in your dorm room, you don't want to carry loads of gear with you. You could just take your monitor. Mm-hmm. So you'll have your laptop for university and stuff so you could plug that in. But on your desk, you just got this monitor. It's got the gaming hub. So there you go. You can just game straight away. Where that person is probably not looking at a top end, top of the range monitor, which these are. Yeah, but it's, it's a start. Like, it is. It's kind if, of like a jack of all trades monitor, isn't it? So you've it, it obviously it's, it serves its basic function as an awesome kick ass monitor. But then yeah. if you like as your PC desktop gets a little bit older, maybe you could now you could pivot some of that gaming power over to just the monitor as a standalone item. Uh, it does come with all the bells and whistles like smart TV, Amazon Prime, Netflix, and all that kind of stuff as well. But yeah, it's um it's interesting to see how much even even the last six months Samsung have embraced gaming really um i think i've said on a few shows before they kind of promote cloud gaming more than the cloud gaming platforms do to some degree especially at the events in some ways i think this is a little confused because i try i think about who's the sort of person who's going to buy a top of the range oled gaming monitor Mm -hmm. are they the sort of people who are going to be involved in getting into cloud gaming because they're they're probably pairing that up with a really good pc it's it is an interesting one because like our our marketplace, like the the cloud gamers out there, our audience, we have we're our very niche audience. We know that right now. However, yeah. I like I'd like to think we're also the ones who are clued in with technology, and we always we kind of have an eye out for what's what's announced, what's coming out. We're we're the people who are reading the news feeds of Gamescom and uh, CES Consumer Electronics Roadshow Awards and all all that kind of stuff. So, yes, we might not necessarily get it ourselves, but I feel like we're definitely the target audience who are intrigued and interested in this kind of thing. But, again, it, game, cloud gaming is in such its infancy still. I think this is just Samsung just testing the waters with features and that actually 4K yeah. isn't the buzzword it once was. However, cloud gaming could be that next, like, oh, it includes cloud gaming. If you're buying this monitor, guess what? This one does different that all of the other range don't. It's got cloud gaming built in. You've heard it's of Xbox. It has that. You've heard of Google. It has that Stadia thing you've heard about once. It's something they've had in the locker that they could just slap onto this product mm-hmm. and go, he, he's, our, he's, a, he's our selling point. And it's, I think it's good for cloud gaming in general because the more places cloud gaming turns up, mm-hmm. the better, really. Like, 
it's it's mar- it's free marketing, isn't it? It's it adding more yeah. value to your product by simply installing uh, the software for whatever this gaming hub looks like. Yeah. Um, within terms of the actual device itself, I don't believe this one has Wi-Fi, so it's it's Ethernet port only, which I guess isn't a deal breaker. But I think so- I saw some people over on Twitter were hoping that it would be totally wireless and be able to do it that way. Yeah, but then you're pushing the price even higher for what it's probably just a, a niche feature of it. I mean, I would personally prefer like something like this does have full um, wireless capability, mm-hmm. but you can also just buy a dongle. You could, you could. Um, but moving things on then away from Samsung monitors, do let us know in the comments below if you're intrigued or you're interested in getting a cloud gaming monitor as your next purchase of choice. But in the meantime, we just said there about marketing and promotion of cloud gaming uh, packs. Uh, official Twitter account, the guys who organize and run PAX East, PAX West, the gaming conventions up and down the United States, uh, they tweeted out, to to my genuine surprise, Richie, make sure to visit the Hantel Lounge at PAX West to demo Google Stadia games powered by AT&T 5G. Play games like Control and Destiny and experience a near-seamless gaming experience with AT&T. A stadia about to be at a, a games roadshow with an actual booth, albeit probably arranged and sorted out by AT and T. But yeah, yeah. stadia not there. AT and T are there, but they've got that partnership with Stadia, and yeah, generally they will be there. That's... But because that's that's unheard of. I mean, you know what? To, to their credit, Stadia apparently had twenty people at Gamescom. Um, I've yeah. seen I've seen from a couple of the tweets over on uh, social media that a couple of them were there speaking to developers, and actually the next story we'll get onto focuses on that. Um, but this is what they need to do, right? Even if it is in sponsors' yeah. partnership with whoever, getting journalists, developers hands-on with the product, whether that's through, I don't know, a Steam Deck or uh, a Samsung Razer Kishi partnership or, or a, a Samsung Hub TV monitor, whatever it is, the fact that you're going to have people blogging, vlogging, journalists, all clambering around at these events to see the latest tech, and they are running things like Control and Destiny using the power of the cloud... That's fantastic. This is what we've been asking for from pretty much launch. This is what we thought Google would do at these events. We would see them at the Game Awards. We'd see them at E3. And then through hello high water or COVID or whatever it was, they just haven't really embraced the marketing of their own product. And we've kind of lamented them so many times for it. However, are we starting to see a change of fortunes where they're sending their staff to Gamescom? They're at PAX West. The cloud gaming Maybe. Samsung partnership is pushing Stadia on actual advertisements. Yeah, it's one of them. I while I feel Stadia have like took the foot off the gas a bit, I don't feel like the, the platform's in on threat of going away anytime soon. No, 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 I've, no, no. I've almost committed to a, like a longer realize that initial push didn't break through. Mm-hmm. So we'll take a step back off and we'll just let it burn slowly, and just by we'll get into people's mind share by persistence. Mm-hmm. But then stuff like this, oh, we've got partnership, our partner's going to be there. Yeah, like obviously AT&T want their sure fight their 5G capabilities for their handsets. Mm-hmm. What better way to do it is by getting people hands on like great games like Control and Destiny. Yeah. And they have a partnership with Google Stadia, so that's the way to do it. Completely. Like, so it's showing off cloud gaming, it's showing off 5G, so it's like, okay. Mm. And you know what's interesting, what's been in the water recently is... I do feel like over on social media, the, I've, I said a few weeks ago, the winds are see, seem like they're tra- starting to change a little bit. I'm seeing yeah. um, 
I'm saying news websites, gaming There's news life. websites, actually like tweet out positive articles about. Not just Stadia, but cloud gaming in general. I feel like there's a there's a change now where people are starting to talk about it. I've seen a good couple of people um, with like like sixty, seventy thousand followers tweet out. I've tried Stadia this weekend. Really good. Uh, people playing Elder Scrolls online, going in and doing the Destiny Two grind, and they're tweeting out about how they did it portably and conveniently thanks to using Stadia. I just jumped on Stadia, and you, yes, you get the inevitable like, oh, Stadia is still a thing. Stadia, all five players will enjoy that. But the reality is, I do feel like almost like Stadia is starting to outlive the negativity. Like, bullies get fed up. If you don't give them any, anything to, to yeah. pick on, they get bored after so long. Don't feed the flames as such. And I do feel like Stadia is almost, because they're coming up on their three-year anniversary, people are kind of like, I can't use that joke anymore because it's just been done to death. So I've run out of material to make fun of them for. And we're at a point now where the library's nearly at 300-plus games. The pro, pro library's at 50 games. They are getting FIFA. They did get Saints Row. And it's almost like, you know what? The tick they're not doing it as big as I think I, all of us hoped for, but they're ticking away. They're doing some solid moves. I feel like we're coming to the close of twenty twenty two in a much better place than we went into it. Yeah. We are. I, I don't think we're in a great state. I don't think Stadia's in a great place yet. But it feels like we are moving again in the right direction. Yeah, there's a again, there's a bit of wind in our sails. And that brings us on to the next point. So off the back of Gamescom, um, Yee's Hauler, which we know from, uh, we spoke about many, many times on the show, is the developer behind 100 Days, which is the, the wine drinking simulator, wine drinking simulator? Wine making... It was it, when me and Tom yeah, played the, it. Yeah, <laughs> was it wine making simulator or, or whatever yeah. it is, either vineyard creating simulator. Uh, fantastic game, touch input controls, and the best thing, what I love about Yee's the most, is he's been very open. He's been he's done on a couple of podcasts. There's a great interview out there with our, our friend John Scalver at Four Sky Gaming, where they actually broke it all down, and he tweeted out... Um, so, we had a good meeting with Google Stadia at Gamescom 2020. We are in good hands. Which is, again, because we hear so little from the actual Stadia team about what goes on, knowing in hindsight that they had 20-plus staff members at, at Gamescom and one of the developers actually had a meeting with them, whether it was just a casual drinks or stuff, he said that. And then to keep going down, obviously, you can imagine the Stadia community were like, tell us more, tell us more, give us questions. And um, he followed that up with saying, they showed us what's coming to the platform in terms of technology and services. And it's incredibly ex- incredibly exciting for developers and players at the same time. Richie, what could this mean? Give me your best uh, um, guesses off it, or hopes and dreams, maybe. Technology and it. services that are exciting for both developers and players. Maybe we'll finally get the storefront on the Chromecast. That's that's your ask. You just want the storefront well, on the Chromecast. I'm, I'm joking, but there is some basics I think Stadia do need to improve on. Like, how how long have we seen? Like, as we're talking about 300 game library, us who have been founders founders have had Stadia Pro since day one. We've got hundreds of games now Stadia library and no way to organize them and manage them. Mm-hmm. There's things, little things like that. I think I would wish to drive a focus on that rather than he's a cool new, very unique piece of technology that it's going to be implemented in a handful of games, hmm. but it's not going to be a ubiquitous thing. And I mean, I want both personally, but yeah, for me, I'd rather than focus on like overhauling the, I've seen, been saying for like three years now, like one of the problems I have with Stadia is you should have the same experience on any device you play on, hmm. whether it's through a Chrome browser, whether it's through your phone, for, Stadia app on your phone, or whether it's through Chromecast. You should be able to manage your games, go to the storefront, buy games, 
wherever you want to interact with Stadia. So they need that like level. They need to level the playing field across their different like ways you can interact. I think that should be a big focus for me, and give the UI a bit of an, a bit of a polish, bit of an update. Figure out what you want to do with that explore tab in the app. Yeah, I mean the explore tab always seems to be evolving. Um, keep yeah. keep going on through the tweets. There's uh, Gracie. So Gracie is one of the uh, the guys guys over at the lady over at Stadia. I say guys as a general term. I don't know about you, but every time I'm at work, yeah, I always I say guys as though it, it means everyone. Um, she's part of the Stadia support team, and she was at GDC. She didn't get a chance to introduce herself to Ease, but she did say. Um, I'll catch you kind of next time and then you said maybe at GDC 2023 so that's kind of probably confirmation that Stadia probably going to show up at GDC as well um, which again it's kind of where they announced Stadia originally so no surprise yeah. maybe Richie we'll see Phil Harrison at some point you know the head of State Google Stadia who's supposed no, to be leading up the whole division no, that's, that's, that's too much that's too much <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, following on, yeah, someone asked Google Stadia on, at Gamescom, really, and uh, you saying, yeah, they were there in full forces, which is, again, isn't it, part of me just wishes that we had some kind of, like, like vlog, blog, or something, just someone from the Stadia team to just show me, like, two minutes of footage of walking around the Gamescom floor just to show that they were there in, like, maybe Stadia, like, a, a jacket or a shirt with the logo on or a backpack, you know what I mean, just some kind of, like, connection to link what the entire gaming community loves and adores, and we watch along to it. You we, know what? Just something, you know next what I mean? Next year, Sadie, if you listen, next year, me and Chris will do it. Yeah, I'll go to Gamescom. You send us to Gamescom, and we'll do. Your co- we'll help you with your coverage. We'll help you with your coverage. But, uh, yeah, exciting times, and I think it's great uh, Great to see that there's kind of signs of life physically out there in the world. Yeah. Um, and I know we I think we're actually, like, past asking for a roadmap. Remember when we used to beat the drum and go and give us a roadmap, and we're kind of just like... We've just, <laughs> just been asking for anything. We've just been beating down. We started down, this year yeah. just, like, kind of going, give us anything. Just, just, just be show us that you you still care about the platform. Yeah, and uh, obviously they've and done I that with some there. of the games. Yeah, yeah. doing good strides. Hmm. But anyway, moving on. A um, couple of little just quick ones just to round out the show this week. Mini Golf is a title from um, Single Geared Games. Uh, I've not heard of this one before. It's just a single developer. Uh, Mini Golf, I've, I've got a trailer for everybody who plays golf just to, to throw in some golf stuff. Um, that guy over on there said, uh, tweeted out saying about uh, porting it to other things, and somebody asked him about a Stadia port uh, over on Twitter. Uh, it was, if, are you thinking about any other platforms? And uh, they replied saying, yes, it's indeed time-consuming. I've gained a lot of experience. Thanks. I just can't wait to release the first version of the game. At the moment, I'm just focusing on Steam, but I'm already in touch with Google Stadia. We'll see. So just a little one there off the back of it. So uh, the golf the golf game in question is, um, I'm trying to think what, it, what best way to describe what it looks like. Pl- plenty of variety on maps and stuff. And uh, basically, just hit it round playing mini golf. It's pretty much similar to golf with friends. I mean, golf can only have so many variations, yeah, I mean, right? There's nothing too crazy you can do. But yeah, a nice little indie one that hopefully, if the indie makers program, the stadium makers program, sorry, is still alive and well out there, because we've not really heard much from that outside of the first year. Um, if we get some updates on that, maybe we'll see that come across at some point. Uh, the other one to talk about was Outbreak. Shades of Horror had its Kickstarter uh, go live over the weekend. Um, of course, you'll no doubt have heard of this because over on social media and in the Reddit thread, 
there's absolutely tons. So Dead Drop Studios, they're the Outbreak series people. Um, they're, they're pretty much Resident Evil-inspired video games. Um, they're working on the latest one. They've got a Kickstarter up there. They've got a, um, a goal of, is it 54,000, I think? They've got 218 backers so far. There's 26 days left to go on this one. Uh, if you do actually want to check out the game, do remember there is a playable teaser not to be confused with the PT Kojima one, uh, available now on the platform. And it's uh, Evan and Julia Wallback who were kind of uh, developers in production. There's loads of Stadia stuff out there. Uh, one of the the backers on Kickstarter is for Google Stadia. Now, they can't give out the game, interesting enough, because of the way Stadia do codes, but they, do, they are giving away controller skins, uh, manual box art, uh, holographic stickers as well, uh, if you do back them at a certain level. Wish them absolutely all the best. The only thing I feel a bit weird on this one, Richie, is if the game's got a demo teaser on the platform already, why would you do a Kickstarter? You know what I mean? Like, It seems like an odd way of doing it to say, like, oh, here's the demo of the game, but there's no guarantee it's going to come to the platform unless you back us on Kickstarter kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like asking for the money up front yeah. before... I don't. I, 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 I think. It. I think this is where, without like again, I don't. No discredit to the guys. I'm sure the game's going to be wonderful. If I was Google Stadia, it, it's surely you're either in or you're out. You're either porting the game to our platform or not. You shouldn't have to ask our customers to then go and support us via a third party funding campaign when the demo is actively running on the platform. Like great shout to getting the demo done. Like you've put in the graft and the hard work. I just feel a bit weird about being asked to support this. Like, obviously, do with your own money what you do. I know you and me are not necessarily one for Kickstarters for the most part. No, I'm part, not fond of it. But it just seems odd that Google would allow it to have a demo if it's not even guaranteed to be coming. Because then what happens when this doesn't get back Kickstarted to Stadia's level? It doesn't come out. Then this there's just a random playable teaser for a game that's never coming on your platform. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of quite a few things I um, I'm not overly fond of of this like again I, I i'm just one where i don't really like kickstarter concept i understand the purpose of it mm-hmm. but i don't want to drop my money on a promise i want a guarantee and I, any kickstarter cannot be a guarantee and the other part of it is the tier to get state to bring it to stadia doesn't actually include a copy of the game mm. so i'm paying 25 dollars so you can bring the game over to stadia but then i have to buy the game as well mm. Yeah. That feels a bit not great to me, to be honest. Yeah, to to keep that into context, though, on on Reddit, there's a whole thread that the developers are tweeting, uh, tweeting, the redditing about about, <laughs> and uh, they did yeah. actually say we worked with Google Stadia to find any opportunity to offer Stadia a Stadia game code as a reward, but there was not a path forward to do so. That's why we created an exclusive Stadia tier that offers physical and digital goodies, so Stadia fans can support the Kickstarter without buying the game on another platform. If the Kickstarter is funded, we're committed to bringing the game to Stadia day and date with other platforms you'll only need to buy it on stadia once to play it within the ecosystem if that's the case so it sounds like this is a kind of been a google stadia problem as to why they could because they don't do game codes yeah. for certain games i know a couple of journalists have said about getting their hands on stadia codes is, is they don't get generated until launch day which by then it's too late for journalists to review them that kind of thing um but yeah either way obviously it's a bump in the road that no doubt will put a lot of people off as you said why would you pay 25 dollars to kickstarter and then have to buy the game for 15 to 25 dollars later you're essentially going to pay twice when other tiers don't get that yeah but either uh, way. Ho- hopefully this is something like stadia working on in the back end to kind of like okay this is the this is a flaw in our current design mm-hmm. how do we get it so like 
because you want you want the press coverage. You want game developers to be able to give out the game because then it drives people to your platform. Absolutely, and we've said so, we've said many times before. Yeah. Like a great thing for Stadia would be digital gift cards. Like let me spend yeah. my own money, and if I want to buy a game for my friend or family or children, I can just go on Google Stadia's website and it's got a buy now option or gift. Put a little icon. It's got a little birthday present with a little wrapping in a box. You click that and it says, "Who would you like to send this to?" Pop in their email, pop in their name, and it'll just send them a verification code, and they can redeem that in the Stadia store. They have the game now on their Stadia account, and it's like they they do such a good job with the Google Play points. Like you and me and everyone out there have been raking it in on Google Play points. We're just doing random oh, quizzes left, right, and centre. Every, t- every time I go to the gym, Google send me a quiz. Go, oh, have you been in the gym? Yeah. Did you buy anything? No. Oh, okay. Here's twenty pence. Yeah, <laughs> but you can't gift. You know what I mean? It's again back to what we said about yeah. what features you'd like to see. And part of the ecosystem would I'd love to see this kind of digital currency evolve, where yeah, I can I can gift you a game, Richie, if I want to. And part of that is getting the code sorted out, so developers who are actively trying to promote their game can gift game codes lots as part of, of yeah, the Kickstarter. Lots of ways you could do it. I should be able to go into the Stadia store, open up a game, go oh buy as a gift. And then it gives me a like a hyperlink. Mm-hmm. I send the hyperlink to someone else. Say I send it to you. You press it. You opens up your Google Stadia account. Go. It comes up with so add to library. Yeah. So that's so, same, so That's seamless. how easy it should be. So seamless. Yeah. Uh, but yes, outbreak shades of horror. Um, obviously, still a little while away. If you want to go support them, the Kickstarter is away now. Uh, not one for me. However, if I do like the look of the game when it launches officially. Yeah. I think it looks like a good game. game. I just don't really like Kickstarters. Yeah, like. same for me. Same for me. Um, but yeah, something, something to be said about being on the platform as a demo, but not guaranteed to be coming, is a bit of an odd one. Like, imagine the outrage if Ubisoft put out a demo for the next Assassin's Creed, but then it never actually came out on Stadia. Yeah, bit of a like again. Is this flying under the radar because it's an indie title? Probably, but I, I think to put the demo there, they've got to be confident in achieving it. Yeah. Definitely. Um, final ones of the week as we round out. Uh, System Shock. We've spoke about it a few times before on the show. The uh, original Bioshock. Uh, I guess Bioshock was a spiritual successor. Um, it's been getting a remake, a remaster. Uh, it's been in development for quite some time. I actually think Tencent own the rights to System Shock now. So there was rumoured to be a third one in development, but the um, the kind of lead writers on it tweeted out this week saying... Um, it's pretty much in the hands of Tencent. Um, it's they're working on it in partnership with PlayOn at the moment, formerly Koch Media. Um, and Stephen Kick, one of the uh, developers over there, enjoyed his time at Gamescom. He put out a few pictures of cosplayers and stuff and what he's seen. He met with the Prime Matter game team, the PlayOn team, Night Dive Studio team, and uh, our good friend Code Z. Which shout out to Code Z at Musical Two One Two Five Zero over on Twitter because this guy doing. The absolute hardest work. He tags us, Richie, in every relevant news story for this show. And I don't think we'd have half of the stories we sometimes do without this guy's yeah. solid efforts. So shout out to you. You're, you're... It definitely makes our lives so much easier when, like, sometimes we had to open up the Discord that there's a, the, the show's been written. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And uh, obviously, you might just follow more people than we do, but you've definitely got a keen eye for stadia specific news. So. If we had a website, if we had a, like a, a journalist like out there scouting boots on the ground, you would be that person. Um, but yes, Codesy asks specifically, will System Shock be heading to any cloud gaming platforms? Uh, to which Stephen Kick replied saying, we have a great relationship with both Luna and Stadia. Is there any other services you'd like to see Shock on? And uh, obviously then the community all gets behind it and says, love to see it on Stadia, love to see it on GeForce Now. System Shock in the clouds, yes, yes, yes. 
And uh, it's interesting to think that, yeah, the, the studio that he works for, they've got a great relationship with Stadia, and yet they've never put out a game yet. So, um, as someone who's never played System Shock before, but absolutely adores the Bioshock games, it sounds like Bioshock in space, from what I've gathered. Yeah, I think it's a bit more cyberpunky than mm. like Bioshock, yeah. but yeah. No, I've see, this came out years ago, either, so... so. I didn't even know it was really a thing until Bioshock, and then we started doing the show, and it was like, oh, okay. You have my intrigue. You have my intrigue. Uh, but we'll have to wait a little bit longer for that one. Uh, and then the final story of the week is that Dead by Daylight Resident Evil um, crossover chapter has now arrived. Uh, Project W for Wesker is uh, available to play now. It launched on the 30th of August. So it's been out been out just, just short of a week now. Um, and it's uh, good to play. Again, Dead by Daylight just constantly putting out new content. Um, credit where credit's due. If you're a Resident Evil fan, you've probably got a little... Uh, about a month to wait, I think, until the Village DLC is out, which we will be streaming yeah. here on the channel. Um, Richie, you're going to get behind the sticks, if I recall. Um, I we're going to go through in third person, and uh, we'll probably check out the Rose. I think I'll check out the Rose DLC. You're going to do yeah. a spooky playthrough in the lead-up to Halloween, because, uh, Richie, we're not too far from Halloween now, which is it's crazy. It's going to start to get darker. <laughs> and cold uh, very, very quickly. There is a moment, isn't there, this time of year when it goes from yeah. you're still wearing your shorts, you've got the windows open during the day, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's a bit... Summer is off, it's winter It's a bit now. cold, <laughs> it's dark, and then, yeah, the, clock, the clocks no doubt go forward as well soon as well, yeah. or back. They go back, they fall back, and they spring forward, is how you remember it. Um, but that's all the time we have for, but of course, if you want to rewind this and listen to the whole episode again, you could go back one whole hour right to the very beginning where we break down all the Stadium gaming news for your listening and viewing pleasure right here on Sounds of Stadia. See what I did there, Richie? Yeah, Kinda I see what you did there. Use the time and clock thing. Uh, yes, folks. Thanks for watching along this week for another fantastic show. Uh, remember, later this week, do join us for our Disney Marvel Showcase, 9 p.m., Friday the 9th of September, this Friday. Join us for a watch-along of all the Disney Marvel games. Uh, then, join us again on the Saturday at 8pm for a Ubisoft Forward, where we are no doubt going to be hit with so many Ubisoft games, you're not going to know what to do with it. And we'll be ramping up for our Hades Cloud celebration with giveaways, merchandise, stickers, and much, much more. Plenty of gaming to be had. Richie, CloudQuest, our wonderful Helix heroes, the fantastic, beautiful members of our channel out there who support us, share their patronage with us. Uh, they get CloudQuest up to six days early, and that episode is available right now for you to listen to. What did we talk about this week? We were talking about the NVIDIA GeForce Now leaks that happened about a year ago. That's right. It's the anniversary of the GeForce Now leaks. All of the games that were leaked, rumoured, and how many of them have came true so far? It's a surprising amount when you actually list it and break it down on a, an online yeah. dock. So yes, go away. Enjoy that. Uh, it's live for our Helix Heroes now. If you're watching on free feeds, fear not. Nothing is gate kept here at Hades Cloud Games, and you'll be able to listen and watch that on Friday. Um, the same day we'll be doing our Marvel Showcase, so get it in the bag early. Uh, that's been it for episode 154 of the longest-running Stadia podcast in the world. Thanks for tuning in. My name's been Chris. And I've been Richie. And remember, folks, play whatever makes you the happiest. Have a great week. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Bye.